Level 5 Leadership The Triumph of Humility and Fierce Resolve In 1971, a seemingly ordinary man named Darwin E. Smith was named Chief Executive of Kimberly Clark, a starchy old paper company whose stock had fallen 36% behind the general market during the previous 20 years. Smith, the company's mild-mannered and house lawyer, wasn't so sure the board had made the right choice, a feeling that was reinforced when Kimberly Clark, a director, director pulled him aside and reminded him that he lacked some of the qualifications for the position, but CEO he was and CEO he remained for 20 years. What a 20 years it was, in that period Smith created a stunning transformation at Kimberly Clark's turning it into the leading summer paper products company in the world. Under his stewardship, the company beat its rivals Scott Paper and Procter and & Gamble. And in doing so, Kimberly Clark generated cumulative stock returns that were 4.1 times greater than those of the general market. Outperforming venerable companies such as Hewlett Packard, 3M, Coca-Cola and General Electric. Smith's turnaround of Kimberly Clark is one of the best examples in uh, in the 20th century for a leader taking a company from merely good to truly great. And yet few people, even ardent students of business history, have heard of Darwin Smith. He probably would have liked it that way. Smith is a classic example of a level 5 leader and individual who blends extreme personal humility with intense personal professional will. According to our five-year research study, executives who possesses the paradoxical combination of traits and catalysts for the statistically rare event of transforming a good company into a great one. The research is described in the sidebar. One question, five years, 11 companies. Level five refers to the highest level in a hierarchy of executive capabilities that we identify during our research. Leaders are at the other four levels in the hierarchy can produce high degrees of success but but not enough to elevate companies from mediocrity to sustained excellence for more and while level five leadership is not the only requirement for transforming a good company into a great one other factory other factors including getting the right people on the bus and the wrong people off the bus and creating a culture of discipline, our research shows it to be essential. Good to great transformation don't happen without level 5 leaders at the helm. They just don't. Not what you would expect. Our discovery of level 5 leadership is counterintuitive. Indeed, it is countercultural. People generally assume that transforming companies from good to great requires larger than life leaders, big personalities like Lee, Icoca, Alduna, Lup, Zach Welch and Stanley Galt who makes headlines and become celebrities. Compared with the CEO, Darwin Smith seems to have a seems to have come from Mars. Shy, unpretentious, even awkward. Smith shunned attention. When a journalist asked him to describe his management style, Sim Smith just start, stared back at the scry from the outer side of his thick black rimmed glasses. He was dressed unfashionably like a farm boy wearing his first JC Penney suit. Finally, after a long and uncomfortable silence, he said, 
eccentric. Needless to say, the Wall Street Journal did not publish a splashy feature on Darwin Smith. But if you were to consider Smith soft or meek, you would be terribly mistaken. His lack of pretense was coupled with a fierce, even stoic resolve toward life. Smith grew up on an Indiana farm and put himself through night school at Indiana University by working the day shift at International Harvester. One day he lost a finger on the job. The story goes that he went to class that evening and returned to work the very next day. Eventually, this poor but determined Indiana farm boy earned admission to Harvard Law School. He showed the same iron will when he was at the helm of Kimberly Clark. Indeed, two months after Smith became CEO, doctors diagnosed with doctor diagnosed him with nose and throat cancer and told him to told him he had less than a year to live. He duly informed the board of his illness but said he had no plans to die anytime soon. Smith held to his demanding work schedule while commuting weekly with Wisconsin to Houston for radiation therapy. He lived 25 years ago, 20 of them as CEO. Smith's ferocious resolve was crucial to the rebuilding of Kimberly's Clark, especially when he made the most dramatic decision in the company's history, selling the mills. To explain shortly after he took over, Smith and his team had concluded that the company's traditional core business coated paper was doomed to mediocrity. Its economics were bad and the competition weak, but they reasoned if Kimberly Clark were thrust into the fire of the consumer paper products business, better economics and world-class competition like Procter & Gamble would force it to achieve greatness to or perish. And so, like the general who burned the boats upon landing on enemy soil, leaving his troops to succeed or die, Smith announced that Kimberly Clark would sell its mills, even the namesake mill in the Kimberly, Wisconsin. All proceeds would be thrown into the consumer business with investments in brands like Huggies, diapers, and Kleenex tissues. The business media called the move stupid. The Wall Street analyst downgraded the stock. But Smith never wavered. 25 years later, Kimberly Clark owned Scott Paper and beat Procter & Gamble in six or eight products categories. In retirement, Smith reflected on his exceptional performance, saying simply, I never stopped trying to become qualified for the job. Not what we expected either. We will look in depth at Level 5 leadership, but the first let's set an important context for our findings. We were not looking for level 5 or anything like it. Our original question was, can a good company become a great and one and if so, how? In fact, I gave the research team's explicit instructions to downplay the role of the top executives in their analysis of these questions so we wouldn't slip into the simplistic credit the leader or blame the leader. Thinking that is so common today, but level 5 found us. Over the course of the study, research teams kept saying we can't ignore the top executives even if we want to. There is something consistently unusual about them. I would push back arguing the comparison companies also had leaders. So what's different here? Back and forth the debate raged. Finally, as should always be the case, the data won. The executives at companies that went from good to great and sustained that performance for 15 years or more were all cut from the same cloth, one remarkably different.
from that which produced the executives at the comparison companies in our study. It didn't matter whether the company was in crisis or steady state, consumer or industrial offering services or products. It didn't matter when the transition took place or how big the company. The successful organization all had a level 5 leader at the time of transition. Furthermore, the absence of leader, level 5 leadership showed up consistently across the comparison companies. The point level 5 is an empirical finding, not an ideological one. And that's important to note given how much the level 5 findings contradicts not only conventional wisdom but much of management theory to date. Humility plus will is equals to 5. Level 5 leaders are a study in duality modest and willful, shy and fearless. To grasp this concept, consider Abraham Lincoln, who never let his ego get in the way of his ambition to create an enduring great nation. Author Henry Adams called him a quiet, peaceful, shy figure, but those who thought Lincoln's understated manner signaled weakness in the man found themselves terribly mistaken to the scale of 2,50,000 confederate and 3,6,000 union lives including Lincoln's owns. It might be a stretch to compare the 11 level 5 CEOs in our research to Lincoln but they did display the same kind of duality. Take Coleman M. Mockler, CEO of Gillette from 1975 to 1991, Mockler who faced down Three takeover attempts was a reverse, was a reserved, gracious man with a gentle, almost patrician manner. Despite epic battles with radars, with raiders, he took on Ronald Perelman twice and the former Coniston partners once. He never lost his shy, courteous style at the height of crisis. He maintained a calm business as usual, demeanor dispensing first with ongoing business before turning to the takeover. And yet those who mistook Mockler's outward modesty as a sign of inner weakness were beaten in the end. In one proxy battle, Mockler and other senior executives called thousands of investors one by one to win their votes. Mockler simply would not give in. He chose to fight for the future greatness of Gillette even though he could have pocketed millions of flipping his stock. Consider the consequences. Had Mockler capitulated if a share flipper had accepted the full 44% price premium offered by Perelman and then invested those shares in the general market for 10 years, he still would have come out 64% behind the shareholder who stayed with Mockler and Gillette. If Mockler had given up the fight, it's likely that none of us would be shaving with Sensor, Lady Sensor or the Mac 3 and uh, hundreds of millions of people would have a more painful battle with daily stubble. Sadly, Mockler never had the chance to enjoy the full fruits of his efforts. In January 1991, Gillette received an advanced copy of Forbes. The cover featured the artist's redemption of the publicity shy Mockler standing on a mountain top holding a giant razor above his head in a triumphant pose, walking back to the office just minutes after seeing this public acknowledgement of his 16 years of struggle, Mockler crumpled to the floor and died of a massive heart attack. Even if Mockler had known he would die in office, he could not have changed his approach. His placid persona hid an inner inter- intensity, a dedication to making 
anything he does the best not just because of what he would get but because he couldn't imagine doing it any other way mockler could not give up the company to those who would destroy it any more than lincoln would risk losing the chance to build an enduring great nation a compelling modesty the mockler story illustrates the modesty typical of level 5 leaders indeed throughout our interviews with such executives we were struck by the way they talked about themselves or rather didn't talk about themselves they would go on and on about the company and the contributions of the other executives but they wouldn't but they would in dist- instinctively deflect discussions about other about their own role when pressed to talk about themselves they would saying they would say things like i hope i'm not sounding like a big shot or i don't think i can take much credit for that happened we were blessed with marvelous people one level five leader even asserted there are a lot of people in this company who could do my job better than i do by contrast consider the courtship of personal celebrity by comparison ceos scott paper the comparison company to kimberly clark hired ai dunlap as ceo a man who would tell anyone who would listen about his accomplishments about after 19 months a top scott paper dunlap said in business week the scott story will go down in the annals of the american business history as one of the most successful quickest turnarounds ever it makes other turnarounds pale by comparison he he personally acquired dollar 100 million for 603 days of a work at scott paper about dollar 165000 per day largely by slashing the workforce halving the r&d budget and putting the company on growth steroids in preparation for sale after selling of the company and pocketing his quick millions john lap wrote an autobiography which he boastfully dubbed himself rambo in pent strips it's hard to imagine darwin smith thinking hey that rambo character reminds me of me let alone stating it publicly granted this scott paper story is one of the more dramatic in our study but it's not an isolated case in more than two thirds of the comparison companies we noted the presence of a gargantuan ego that contributed to the demise of continued mediocrity mediocrity of the company we found this pattern particularly strong in the unsustained comparison companies the companies that would show a shift in the performance under a talented yet egocentric level 4 leader only to decline in later years lee aikoka for example saved Charles Sir for from the brink of catastrophe performing one of the most celebrated and deservedly so turnarounds in the US business history the automaker stock rose to one nine times higher than the general market about halfway through this tenure but then Ikoka diverted his attention to transforming himself he appeared regularly on talk shows like at like the today show and larry king live shared in more than 87 commercials entertained the idea of running for president of the united states and promoted his autobiography which sold 7 million copies worldwide aikoka's personal stock soared but chrysler's stock fell 31% below the market in the second half of the tenure and once aikoka had accumulated all the fame and perks he found it difficult to leave center stage he postponed his retirement so many times that chrysler's insiders began to joke that aikoka stood for i am chairman for chrysler's corporation always when he finally finally retired he demanded that the board continue to provide 
a private jet and stock options later he joined the forces with noted takeover artist Kirk Kerokorian to launch a hostile bid for Chrysler's it failed Iacocca did make one final brilliant decision he picked a modest yet determined man perhaps even a level 5 as a successor Bob Easton Eden rescued Chrysler's from its second year death crisis in a decade and set the foundation for a more enduring corporate transition an unwavering resolve besides extreme humility level 5 leaders also displayed tremendous professional will when george kane became ceo of abbott laboratories it was a drowsy family controlled business sitting at the bottom quartile of the pharmaceutical industry living off its cash cow erythromycin kane was a typical level 5 leader in his lack of pre- lack of pretense he didn't have the kind of inspiring personality that would galvanize the company but he had something much more powerful inspired standards he could not stand mediocrity in any form and was utterly intolerant of anyone who would accept the idea that good is good enough for the next 14 years he relentlessly imposed his will for greatness on abbott labs among kane's first task was to destroy one of the root causes of abbott's middling performance nepotism by systematically rebuilding both the board and the executive team with the best people he could find kane made his statement finally it is no longer matter <clears throat> if you couldn't become the best executive in the industry within your span of responsibility you would lose your paycheck such near ruthless rebuilding might be expected from an outsider brought in to turn the companies around but kane was an 18 year insider and a part of the family the son of a previous president holiday gatherings was were probably tense for a few years in the kane clan sorry i had to fire you want another slice of turkey but in the end family members were pleased with the performance of their stock kane had set in motion a profitable growth machine from its transition in 1974 to 2000 abbott created shareholder returns that beat the market 4.5 is to 1 outperforming industry superstars merck and pfizer by a factor of 2 another good example of iron world level 5 leadership comes from charles r cork walgreens 3 who transformed dodi walgreens into a company that outperformed the stock market 16 is to 1 from its transition in 1975 to 2000 after years of dialogue and debate within his executive team about what to do with Walgreens food service operations the ceo since the team had finally reached a watershed the company's brightest future lay in convenient drug stores not in food service dan jont who succeeded walgreen in 1988 describes what happened next Cork said at one of our planning committee meetings okay now i am going to draw the line in the sand we are going to be out of the restaurant business completely in 5 years at that time we had more than 500 restaurants you could have heard heard a pin drop he said i want to let everybody know the clock is ticking 6 months later we were at our next planning committee meeting and someone mentioned just in passing that we had only 5 years to be out of the restaurant business cork was not a real vociferous fellow he sort of tapped on the table and said listen you now have 4 and a half years i said you had 5 years 6 months ago now you have got 4 and 5 half 
four and a half years. Well, the next day things really clicked into gear for winding down our restaurant business. Cork never wavered. He never doubted. He never second guessed. Like Darwin Smith selling the mills at Kimberly Clark, Cork Wall Green required stoic resolve to make his decisions. Food service was not the largest part of the business, although it did. Add substantial profits to the bottom line. The real problem was more emotional than financial. Walgreens had, after all, invented the malted milkshake, and food service had been a long-standing family tradition dating back to Cork's grandfather. Not only that, some food service outlets were even named after the CEOs. For example, a restaurant chain named Corky's. But no matter if Walgreen had to fly in the face of family tradition in another, in order to refocus on the one area in which Walgreens could be the best in the world, convenient drugstores and terminate everything else that would not produce great results, then Cork would do it quietly, doggedly, simply. One simple yet compelling note on our findings about level five. Because level five leaders have ambition not for themselves but for their companies, they routinely select superb successors. Level five leaders want to see their companies become even more successful in the next generation and are comfortable with the idea that most people won't even know that the roots of the success trace back to them. As one level five CEO said, "I want to look from my porch." See the company as one of the great companies in the world someday, and be able to say I used to work there. By contrast, level four leaders often fail to set up the company for enduring success. After all, what better testament to your own personal greatness than the place falls apart after you leave? In more than three quarters of the comparison companies, we found executives who set up their successors for failure choose weak successors. Or both consider the case of Rubbermaid, which grew from obscurity to become one of the Fortune's most admired companies, and then just as quickly disintegrated into such a sorry shape that it had to be acquired by Newell. The architect of this remarkable story was a charismatic and brilliant leader named Stanley C. Gold, whose name became synonymous to the late 1980s with the Rubbermaid success. Across the 312 articles collected by our research team. About the company, gold comes through as hard-driving, egocentric executives. In one article, he responds to the accusation, accusation, accusation of being a tyrant with the statement, "Yes, but I am sincere tyrant." In another, drawn directly from his own comments on leading change, the word "I" appears 44 times. While the word "we" appears sixteen times, of course, Gold had every reason to be proud of his executive success. Rubbermaid generated forty consecutive quarters of earnings growth under his leadership, an impressive performance to be sure, and one that deserves respect. But Gold did not leave behind a company that would be great without him. His chosen successor, latest year. Lasted a year on the job, and the next in line faced a management team so shallow that he had to temporarily shoulder four jobs while scrambling to identify a new number two executive. Golf successors struggled not only with a management void but also with strategic voids that would eventually bring the company to its knees. Of course, you might say, as one Fortune article 
did the did that the fact that rubber made fell apart after god left proves his greatness as a leader god was a tremendous level 4 leader perhaps one of the best in the last 50 years but he was not at level 5 and that is one crucial reason why rubber made went from good to great for a brief shining moment and then just a quickly went from a great to irrelevant the window and the mirror as part of our research we interviewed alan l wordsell the level 5 leader responsible for turning circuit city from a ramshackle company on the edge of bankruptcy into one of the americans most successful electronics retailers in the 15 years after its transition date in 1982 circuit city outperformed the market in 0.5 is to 1 we asked wordsell to list the top 5 factors in his company's transformation ranked by importance his number one factor luck we were in a great industry with the wind at our backs he said but wait a minute we re- we retorted silo your comparison company was in the same industry with the same wind and bigger sales the conversation went back and forth with wordsell refusing to take much credit to the for the transitions preferring to attribute it largely to just being in the right place at the right time later when we asked him to discuss the factors that would sustain a good to great transformation he said the first thing that comes to mind is luck i was lucky to find the successor luck what an odd factor to talk about yet the level 5 leaders we identified invoked it frequently we asked an executive at steel company nuker why it had be such such a remarkable track record for making good decisions his response I guess you we were just lucky. Joseph F. Kalman, three, the five-level CEO of Philips, Philip Morris, flat out refused to take the credit for his company's success, citing his good fortune to have great colleagues, successors, and predecessors. Even the book he wrote about his career, which he penned at the urging of his colleagues and which he never intended to distribute widely outside the company, had the unusual title "I Am a Lucky Guy." At first we were puzzled by the level 5 leaders emphasis on good luck after all there is no evidence that the companies that had pro- progressed from good to great were blessed with more good luck or more bad luck for that matter than the comparison companies but we began to notice an interesting pattern in the executives at the comparison companies they often blamed their such situations on bad luck be mourning the difficulties on the environment they face compare bethlehem steel and nuker for example both steel companies operated with products that are hard to differentiate and both faced a competitive challenge from cheap imported steel both companies paid significantly higher wages than most of their foreign competitors and yet executives at the two companies held completely different views of the same environment bethlehem steel ceo summed up the company's problems in 1993 by blaming the imports our first second and third problems are imports meanwhile ken everson and his crew at nuker saw the imports as a blessing aren't we lucky steel is heavy and they have to ship it all the way across the ocean giving us a huge advantage indeed everson saw the first second and third problem facing the us steel industry not in imports but in management he even went so far as to speak out publicly against government protection against imports telling a gathering of stunned steel executives in 1977 that the real problems facing the industry lay in 
the fact that management had failed to keep pace with technology to emphasis on luck turns out to be part of a broader pattern that we have come to call the window and the mirror level 5 leaders inherently humble look out the window to apportion credit even undue credit to factors outside themselves if they can't find a specific person or event to give credit to they credit good luck after the same time they look in the mirror to assign responsibility never citing bad luck or external factors when things go poorly conversely the comparison executives frequently looked out the window for factors to blame out print in the mirror to credit themselves when things went well the funny thing about the window and the mirror concept is that it does not reflect reality according to our research the level 5 leaders were responsible for their company's transformations but they would never admit that we can't climb inside their heads and asses and asses where they deeply believed that they saw through the window and in the mirror but it didn't really matter because they acted as if they believed it and they acted with such a consistency that it produced exceptional results born or bred Not long ago I shared the level 5 finding with a gathering of senior executives a woman who had recently become a chief executive of her company raised her hand I believe that you have told us about level 5 leadership she said but I am disturbed because I know I am not there and maybe I never will be part of the reason I got this job is because of my strong ego are you telling me that I can't make my company great if I am not level 5 let me return to the data I responded of 14 135 companies that appeared on the Fortune 500 since 1965 so only 11 made it into our study in those 11 all of them had level 5 leaders in key positions including the CEO role and at the pivotal time of transition now it reiterate we are not saying that level 5 is the only element required for the move from the good to great but it appears to be essential she sat there quiet for a moment and you could guess that many people in the room were thinking finally she raised her hand again can you learn it can you learn to become level 5 i still do not know the answer to that question our research frankly did not delve into how level 5 leaders come to be nor did we attempt to explain or codify the nature of their emotional lives we speculated on the unique psychology of level 5 leaders where they guilty of displacement shifting their own raw ambition into onto something other than themselves were they sub, sublimating their egos for dark and complex reasons rooted in childhood trauma who knows and perhaps more important do the psychological roots of level 5 leadership matter any more than do the roots of charisma or intelligence the question remains can level 5 be developed my preliminary hypothesis is that there are two categories of people those who don't have the level 5 seed within them and those who do the first category consists of people who could never never in a million years bring themselves uh, to subjugate their own needs to the greater ambition of something larger and more lasting than themselves for those people work will always be in the first and foremost about what they get the fame fortune power adulation and so on work will never be about what they build create and contribute the great irony is that the animus of personal ambition that often drives people 
to become a level 4 leader stands at odds with the humility required to rise to level 5 when you combine that irony with the fact that both of this board both of directors frequently operate under the false belief that a larger then life egocentric leader is required to make a company great you can quickly see why level 5 leaders rarely appear at the top of our institutions we keep putting people in positions of power who lack the seed to become a level 5 leader and that is one major reason why there are few companies that make a sustained and verifiable and verifiable shift from good to great the second category consists of people who could evolve to level 5 the capability resides within them perhaps buried or ignored or simply nascent under the right circumstances with self reflection a mentor loving parents a significant like experience or other factors the seed can begin to develop some of the level 5 leaders in our study had significant life experiences that might have sparked development of the seed darwin smith fully blossomed at a level 5 after his near death experience with cancer joe kalman was profoundly affected by his world war 2 experiences particularly the last minute change of orders that took him off a doomed ship on which he surely would have died he considered the next 60 odd years a great gift a strong religious belief or conversions might also nurture the seed kolman mockler for example converted the evangelical christianity while getting his mba at harvard and later according to the book cutting edge by gordon mckibben he became a prime mover in a group of boston business executives that met frequently over breakfast to discuss the carryover of religious values to corporate life we would love to be able to give you a list of steps for getting to level 5 other than contracting cancer going through a religious conversion or getting different parents but we have no solid research data that would support a credible list our research exposed level 5 as a key component inside the black box of what it takes to shift a company from a good to great yet inside that black box is an another another the inner development of personal to level 5 leadership we would speculate on what that inner box might hold but it would mostly be just that speculation in short level 5 is a very satisfying idea a truthful idea a powerful idea and to make the move from good to great very likely an essential idea but to provide 10 steps to level 5 leadership would trivialize the concept my best advice based on the research is to practice the other good to great disciplines that we discovered since we found a tight symbiotic relationship between each of the other findings and level 5 we suspect that consist that consistency consistently trying to lead consistence consciously trying to lead using the other disciplines we can help you move in the right direction there is no guarantee that doing so will turn executives into full fledged level 5 leaders but it gives them a tangible place to begin especially if they have the seed within We cannot say for sure what percentage of people have the seed within, nor how many of them can nurture it enough to become level five. Even those of us on the research team who identified level five do not know whether we will succeed in evolving to its heights. And yet, all of us who worked on the findings have been inspired by the idea of trying to move toward level five. Darwin Smith, Coleman Mockler, Alan Woodsell, and all the other level five leaders we learned about have become role models for us. Whether or not we make it to 
level 5 it is worth trying for for like all basic truths about what is best in human beings when we catch a glimpse of that truth we know that our own lives and all that we taught touch will be the better for making the efforts to get there